This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. My co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, is presenting at a hospice conference this uh, today, so she won't be able to join us. But we have a wonderful guest on and an inspirational guest. Uh, her name is Lisa Snyder. Lisa Snyder lost both parents to cancer when she was 22 and 27. She now works to inspire others through her blog at losingyourparents.com. She shares the journey of healing her own grief using creativity and self-expression. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show today because I know you're on the road. Yeah, thank you so much, Claire. It's just a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and thank you for having me. I want to give a little rundown about your parents, and then I want you to talk to us about what you're doing. Your mom died when you were 27 of leukemia, right? In 2009. So that's your most recent loss. Is only three years, right? Uh, no, we're in 13. Four years. Yep, four years. And your dad, he uh, he died when? He died in 2004, the day before my 23rd birthday. Wow. And that has been? Nine years. Nine years. Wow. Wow. You have been through a lot, girl. Whoa. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like I have, and I try my best to move through any victim mentality that I can possibly find inside myself because I think it's very easy. I'm just going to speak for myself here, like, to feel bad, you know, that this happened. And many people are like, oh, you lost your parents. I'm so sorry. And, like, I, you know, then there's, like, the response. And it's usually that same response that <clears throat> other people have lost loved ones give, like, oh, you know, th- like, what, what is the response? Like, thank you. Like, <laughs> you know, so my goal has always been to like, turn, turn pain into something I can use in my life because I'm not going to have my parents, my physical parents here, like, anymore. Um, <clears throat> there's other resources I've created for myself to be able to handle and navigate life and not feel like I have a big hole in my heart. I, mean, I always will on some level, but... I don't let that stop me from living life to the fullest. Ah, awesome. Well, let's go back and talk a little bit about your losses, and then let's talk about what you're doing today. Now, when your dad, what did you, what did your mom and dad do for for a living? Uh, my dad was, I mean, they're both awesome. My dad, um, he actually worked for CBS Television for 20 years, and uh, he was a video engineer. He actually won an Emmy Award. Wow. Um, and my mom. And what's your, what's your dad's name? His name is Michael Snyder. Okay, Michael. All right. Michael was a video engineer. <laughs> and Michael won an Emmy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, it was actually a team of people for the NFL today. So it was like everybody on the team won the Emmy. And everyone was like, oh, your dad is an Emmy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> but it wasn't like him walking up on stage. And Nevertheless, very cool. Okay, how about mom? Mom um, works in, in banks. That's actually how my parents met my Mom gave my dad a lollipop because she thought he was cute. <laughs> and um, and sometimes she was a housewife. You know, there are times that she didn't work. And, right. um, but she was an artist, but she never allowed herself to really pursue it or do much with it. So they were both kind of artistic in a way, right? They were. I'm sort of the perfect mesh of the two. 
two of them. Like my dad, you know, being a super techie, teaching me a lot about technology, you know, ever since I was born. I tell people I was born on a keyboard, but like I used to, you know, know how to like turn the satellite dish on when I was like two, three, four, five years old. Like I just, when we had one of those in the 80s, it was crazy. But, um, and my mom, you know, I, I do art, I do paint, but I, I am a web designer also. So I kind of mesh all of the things that I've learned in life you know, not just from school and through my own personal work, but what my parents sort of introduced me to in life. Ah, awesome. And and that would be one of the things I would be asking you later is what what have you learned from your parents? What have you taken? And, you, and you've just done that right there wonderfully. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you have any siblings? I have a half-brother. We share the same mom, but we um, had different dads. And so my dad's only child, but my mother, you know, had two children. Mm-hmm. So, so you have a brother. Do you see him? Yeah, um, he actually lives in Montana, and now that I'm moving to the Portland area for however long, I don't know how long, um, I'm going to be a little bit closer to him, but, you know, I don't get to see him too often, maybe once a year, but, you know, we have gotten closer since my mom passed away. Um, I think that with death can come a parting of the seas, and things can go a little crazy, and family can separate or it can come together, and it sort of separated before it came together, but it's better than it's ever been. Ah, I love that parting of the seas idea. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, tell me, after your dad was diagnosed, and how long was he ill? Um, about a year and a half. Yeah. He was diagnosed in 2003. Mm-hmm. Did he have Hodgkinson's? Did I read that? Yep, he had Hodgkin's disease lymphoma. And I do think that he probably, they caught it fairly early. I mean, like, I mean, I, I understand, I'm not like a doctor, but I understand one of the more healable um, cancers. But he also had some diabetic complications with his, with his feet. And so they were, like, doing surgery on his feet, and they would stop chemo to do the mm. surgery, and he'd have to heal, and it was like a back-and-forth process. Yeah, so your mom was very busy... Uh taking care of him. Did you go to school? Did you go to college? Or did you stay home and help out? Or how did that go? I was, well, actually, my parents were divorced, but she helped out a lot. They lived like five miles down the same road from each other. They were better off, you know, like after they were married, they were like hung out more and spent more time together. But I was at school. I was at Syracuse University. And um, when I graduated in December 2003, I came home and um, I was pretty much like a full-time for them. I was looking for a job and it was like super gentle for about six months. I found one in New York at a production company and I worked there and um, when I found out my dad was diagnosed, my boss was awesome and she was like, you know, you can take, you know, take off the time and I'll still pay you and I was so thankful and so grateful to this day I still am. But I, uh, so I was in school and then I was working but I, I took the time off to be there for him. Well, the Big Orange, I went to Syracuse too. <laughs> it's a great oh, school. So you went home. Now did you work in between before your mother got I mean, what did you feel like when you found out your mother had leukemia? I mean, didn't you just feel like this is not okay? I mean, how can oh, God, God do this? I mean um, wh- I um uh, well this is interesting. This has never happened to me before, but I actually had um a spiritual experience Mm. where my dad came to me in a spirit form, and I knew it was him because I hadn't felt him, you know, since he had passed away, but, like, I felt him, and I saw, like, a, a light, and it was 
it was like nothing I've ever experienced and ever since then I haven't experienced it, but he gave me a message and he said, you need to spend more time with your mom because, you know, you don't know how much longer she's going to be around. I took it very seriously. I invited my mom to my 27th birthday um, in New York and <clears throat> three weeks later, after I got that message, um, she called me up. I was like waiting for clients to show up at a meeting and she was crying and she never cried, like to me at least. And she was like, I have leukemia. And I was like, oh God, like this is the moment that like I was sort of prepared for on some level because I got information, but I didn't know what to do with it. And oh my God, like my mom's telling me she might, she might die. Like, you know, like this is some serious, serious thing. And I was, I was crushed. I was I, I mean, I don't think there's any words to describe, like, when you find out information that your loved one is obviously right. not going to be here anymore in, in an instant. It's like, it's like a vacuum. <laughs> it's like, you're not even there anymore. Um, but I definitely, like, hopped to being a support for her, and luckily I work for myself. So I was able to be there for her as much as possible, visit her, stay in the hospital, and I was, you know, I was present for both my parents' um, passings. Wow. I was next to my dad when he passed away. Um, I actually had slept in the hospital the night before, and I woke up, and I, I didn't, he was breathing very heavily, and I woke up, and I didn't hear him, and there was a curtain separating us. I, you know, I, I, and, I, and then I realized he wasn't there anymore, and it was really scary. And with my mom, I, I sort of knew what to expect <laughs> on some level, but I was there physically, and I watched her last breath. And wow. It's bittersweet on a lot of levels to, like, have your parents, um, to be there for your parents, like, during their last moments, because, like, they were there for my first moments, and oh. it's a very, like, full circle feeling. Lisa, you're breaking my heart. What a, what a fantastic uh, story God. about your dad. It is so beautiful, and uh, that thought of being there for your parents. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Whoa. Okay, so tell us tell us what you're doing now, because I know you've decided to live the dream. Uh, you know, whatever. Decide what you're going to do, and and you're out traveling around. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, uh, when I was working for a production company, I felt creatively capped. Like I'm going to be updating these websites forever, and I need to be out on my own. So, I experimented with freelancing, and then like eight months later, I just launched my my web design business, and so I work from anywhere, um, and I've done that for almost eight, well, seven and a half years, and um, in between, I felt like I needed to express myself with my grief because I've done all these things. I've gone to grief groups. I've been to therapy. Um, I've worked on my grief through art, and I still felt like I'm coming up with these daily situations I'm in and like these really weird things like just being in a restaurant and witnessing like a mother and daughter having a conversation being like I'm feeling like that jealousy or something like something I didn't want to feel anymore and I couldn't ignore it because that's gonna that's always a bad thing to ignore feelings and so I really promised myself that I was going to work on my feelings when they come up because I think a lot of people don't know how to navigate feelings. I kind of feel like they should teach a feelings class in high school or something like that. So, like, because, <laughs> uh, like, nobody knows how to navigate it unless you had, like, a good role model or two or three. Um, you know, everyone uses, like, substances and all this stuff to, to, to numb it. Right. And that's bad. And all, that, that's all that does is delay so, it. Yeah. 
just oh yeah it. exactly people don't get that like i had someone write me who was like i read your blog and um i haven't grieved my mom it's been nine years and i thought to myself oh my god like what thank god she came to my site god she's starting the process but what happened during those nine years that like she didn't experience or you know she wasn't able to experience fully so i started my blog losing your parents i have dot com and dot org they go to the same place and just so I could navigate for myself and hoping that I would meet other people who had lost parents young, because it's also a very strange thing to be so young and to not have parents. Like, there's people who are older than me, and they all have their parents, and not all of them, but many of them have their parents, and, like, it's hard to identify with, with people sometimes um, with this situation. So, um, so I write on my blog about life experiences, like, you know, example is, like, going to a wedding being the father-daughter dance. Like, I'm never going to have that, ever. And I have to somehow find happiness and joy and be that feeling for this person and not have my own sad and jealous feeling. So what do I do? And so I work through it. And once I work through it, I find something that works for me. <clears throat> I blog about it. Uh-huh. So someone can come to the blog and, and um, you know, read about maybe how to navigate something like a wedding or other other weird life things. Okay, so d- just give us one tip. How do I navigate when I feel jealous? I mean, people tell me that when they've lost a baby and they see a mother with a baby, they feel jealous. Or or you could have felt jealous today, but Heidi couldn't be on the show with Heidi and I on the show together. <laughs> you know, how do you, uh, what, do, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do if I'm feeling those really envious, jealous, to the point sometimes where people don't go to weddings and things because they don't want to be exposed. And that's really harmful, isn't it? It is very harmful. You start to, like, close yourself off to opportunities for joy, you know, thinking that you're going to feel something. And I think that, <clears throat> one thing to know is that no matter what, like, uncomfortable feelings feel uncomfortable. And emotions are energy, and energy comes and goes. Like, I don't feel the same way I did last week. So I must, so so feelings must be able to come and go. Um, and I believe very heavily that feelings are energy, and that there's, there's a little process I do for myself, like, being able to welcome feelings, something uncomfortable because nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. That's why people like run out for a smoke. They're like, Oh God, I feel uncomfortable. They don't know. Sometimes they feel uncomfortable. It's just an action. But self-realization in that moment, being super present, being like, how do I feel right now? You can take yourself out of the moment. Like if I'm at a wedding and I'm watching a mother daughter dance, or sorry, mother uh, or father daughter dance, um, I just kind of, and I start to get uncomfortable. I start to be like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yep, I don't have my dad. Yep, and I just like go through it and I accept that I feel this way because when I deny what I'm feeling, it makes it worse. I pretend that I'm feeling happy when I'm sad and I just just need to let it come in and come out. I've been to many weddings and I've cried a little bit because I've mourned for for my own moment. And then once I've done that, I can come back and be present. I think that's great. I, I love that example. Yeah, it's great. I, I want people, I mean, you've talked about they can go to your blog and and get some more of this great information. I mean, we could just go on with situation after situation of how you deal with it. Because I, I, I think it's so great that you are willing to face the reality to move on and, 
tell us about traveling around, you know, moving and all that. What's going on now? Yes. Yes. What do you look like right now? Tell people where you are and where you're sitting and everything. <laughs> Give them the picture because it's so I'm awesome. In, okay, this is funny. Um, I'm in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I've never been to Tennessee before last night and crossed the border. I'm actually sitting in my car that's being towed by, uh, it's, we're in a parking lot, we're not moving, um, <laughs> by our RV. We purchased off of Craigslist and got um, fixed up. It's in a Walmart parking lot, which is funny because you can actually, if you have an RV park at any point in time, they let you because they want your business. So they can use the parking lot. Um, there's a McDonald's, there's a KFC that has a buffet, that's weird. Um, <laughs> and uh, I have my computer sitting on my lap, and I'm on a headset that I purchased from, uh, from Best Buy, like this Bluetooth, and, and I made sure that, like, I was like, I'm going to buy the expensive one because I want it to work. <laughs> um, and, you're move- and you're moving, or are you just going around the United States? Are you actually getting a new residence? Well, so we hope so. There's just, like, probably the biggest question mark couple weeks of my life, um, and I've come to this point because I felt like on my parents' deathbed, like, they were fairly young. My dad was 54, my mom was 62, and, um, you know, I know that they tried their best to do as much as they could while they were here, but especially my mom, like, she hid so much of herself from the world, like, her artistry and, like, her feelings and so many things that I feel like she would have done had she not been scared that it motivates me to just like do what makes you happy and if you're not happy figure out why and do what makes you happy like so follow your bliss I actually have that tattooed on my back to remind myself (laughs) (laughs) all right well well, Lisa we're going to close the show with that thank you so much for being on the show and I, I know you said that you might consider writing for Open to Hope and I hope so And I hope that you and I will have more connect. I hope you'll be on my TV show one of these days. And I hope that people will go to losingyourparents.org because it's a great blog. And she's got wonderful pictures on there. And uh, it will inspire you, no matter what your loss is in life, to hear somebody who has that kind of loss, and particularly for younger people or people in, in your age category, to be able to see how you can go on and how important it is to keep living your life. I mean, you don't you don't want to lose all those years. Once you get through that heavy grieving process, and I'm not saying if you just barely lost your parents, you're going to get in a van and take off. You know, you've got to, to live it, <laughs> right? You've got to live through some of that. But when you're feeling a little better, think about what you want to do. And uh, here's a wonderful example of somebody who's following her bliss, right, Lisa? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show, and uh, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And take care of yourself, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are.
they made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.